The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. But I forget early days of hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that, it, it doesn't, like, they didn't stand the test of time, a lot of the early hip hop jams. Some of them yeah. did. But a lot of the early hip hop did not stand the test of time. Hip hop yeah. just evolved way too quickly for us to, hip hop fans, to enjoy the early stages of it because this is cringeworthy. This is, yeah, this is the it's a party always kind of hip hop. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah, before gangster rap, hip hop was pretty much fun loving. Yeah. It was all about dancing in the clubs. That's literally how it got. It starts about dancing in the yeah, club. Yeah, you know, you ever go to a cookout and the food just ain't no good? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of it was like the stories, like, that's why Will Smith fit right in. And then gangster rap came along and hip hop was never the same. It changed. Yeah. Basically, gangster rap was to hip hop pretty much what NIL is to college sports. Like, it has totally changed it forever. It'll never, ever be the same. And it, and essentially, it'll affect every, I don't know, every evolution of the genre ever ever since. Um, I don't know why I got into that, because we were just talking a lot of NIL <laughs> on the show, because uh, the NCAA put out a memo to all of its member institutions, essentially warning them about following states' laws and prioritizing states' laws over NCAA rules. They want you to believe that rules trump laws, and most adults, we understand laws always trump rules. Uh, now, rules, you break a rule, there's going to be a price to pay for breaking the rule, uh, but, man, breaking a law, I believe the, the, uh, the consequences of breaking a law are much harsher than the consequences for breaking a rule. And that's the NCAA wants to uh, guard against uh, some of the NCAA rule breaking, which has become pretty rampant. Uh, one of the things is Texas, the state of Texas will have a new NIL law. It takes effect July 1st. And in that law, schools can provide benefits to boosters or donors for, you know, donations through like tickets or sweet access perks um, in exchange for NIL collective money. Texas, for example, in their new law will be violating this NCAA rule, given that um, hell, University of Texas Longhorn Foundation uh, has already stated they will offer the same point system um, that the Longhorn Foundation uses to offer incentives for boosters and donors to donate, prioritize tickets, parking, that kind of stuff. Um, they're now going to apply that to the Texas One Fund Collective. So they can now incentivize boosters and donors to donate through the Texas One Fund Collective in the same way that the Longhorn Foundation uses uh, those benefits to incentivize people to donate to the university uh, itself. So that that's going to happen July 1st. And yes, the state of Texas will be in direct 
violation of NCAA rules. And there's also a statute in the new NIO law for Texas that will that will basically give all Texas schools immunity against punishment from the NCAA for violating NCAA rules. As long as they are, you know, as long as they are abiding by Texas NIO law. Yeah. Laws for like I said, you live with your mama and daddy and you are underage and they are your guardian or super, uh, supervisor or whatever in that supervisory role, I should say. All right. <laughs> then, yeah, they're your guardian. Then don't try to yeah follow their, their rules. Even if you want to say, hey, laws trump your rules. That's a different situation in the military. That's a different situation. Most situations, the law will trump the rules. And it goes back to what I've said about the NIL and uh, the NCAA. And NCAA doesn't want to touch. Remember, they had the chance to do this, and they, they chose to punt on NIO uh, for a framework of rules to try to guide uh, the member institutions through the NIO. And they, they did it later after in, the NIO laws had already been enacted. They did it later, but it was a little bit too late. Hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube. And remember, that is like the third crucial issue the NCAA punted on. Remember, they punted on COVID. During COVID, they decided, nah, honestly, conferences, y'all handle it. We don't want anything to do with that. That is, ugh. That seems like a be, lot of work. People are going to be mad at us. Yes. So we don't want to. <laughs> it was like, hold up. You are the governing body. Y'all are tell, supposed to be the bad guy. Tell us what to do. They were like, nah, you guys do it on your own. And they really screwed up then because they lost a lot of street cred with yeah. conference administrators who were pissed. They were like, you going to put this on our plate? Like, we ain't got enough going on? You are paid money to decide issues like this, and you want us to do it? Like that's crazy. So they did it, and by the way, we had a lot. Remember, we had a lot of back and forth about what was right and what was moral, and this is a you know a pandemic going on. People are gonna lose their lives, and I don't even want to get back to that debate because it's exhausting and annoying. Yep. I right, passed it four points, so thank God. But they punted on that issue, punted on nil, punted on that issue. It's like, man, you you have to remember the the transfer portal. Essentially, they decided they they want to be laissez faire with the transfer portal now too, because they don't they're afraid of the litigation. In courts of players taking them to court over, I guess, the free market and their ability to transfer without penalty. So they rarely, you see how many guys are transferring without, just whenever they want to. I mean, Trey Mitchell transferred multiple two, times, transferred to Texas, <laughs> transferred from Texas to West Virginia, to uh, West Virginia, and then transfers from West Virginia down to Kentucky now. Yeah, exactly. He has played four years in four different schools. <laughs> and when he's transferring for the third time, no one goes, Wait, can you do that? Like, there's exactly. like, yeah, you do it. He's like, hey, look, is that is that allowed? Nobody even asked the question anymore. It's like, I don't know if it is. Is it? So I'm sure the NCAA is going to try to, you know, put their foot down on that issue. But think about it. They basically punted on transfer portal, punted on COVID and NIL. Those have been the three biggest issues in college sports for the last five years. And they punted on all of them. It's like, dude, what are you doing? And now you want to come in and say, hey, hey you got to follow our rules, though. What? You are a borderline criminal syndicate. Seriously? Get out of here, you vampire squid sucking the life out of amateurism. Get out of here. Really? The same institution that decided the largest and most widespread academic fraud scandal in the history of college sports by North Carolina, where they were making up classes, literally making them up, was not an NCAA violation? Larry Nassar, crimes against humanity, sexually abusing his patients. And you decided after he went to jail for, I don't know, 40 years or whatever, his crimes, although they took place within the Michigan State Athletic Department, were not an NCAA violation. Baylor's sexual assault 
scandal, scores of women, not an NCAA violation. You walked back your viol- your suspensions and your penalties for Penn State because uh, child sexual abuse, we were a little bit too harsh about that. A little too harsh about pedophilia. We might have overstepped our boundaries on that one. We, we may have overstepped a uh, massive cover-up by a institution that is supposed to be looking out for the best interest of these these young men. Young and people. The young men and young women because that's the whole point is, look, we're going to sell that they're student-athletes and this is for the betterment of them. This is for the betterment of these student-athletes. And then you go, but genuinely we could care less about the student-athletes. We only care about the money that they represent. Uh, pretty much. You're right about that. Yeah. And turns out, NCAA, you were not too harsh on Penn State because Joe Paterno knew about the sexual assault of young kids since 1976. So you should have laid the hammer down on them. But you didn't. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we were talking about that. The NIL will be the asteroid that destroys the dinosaur that is the NCAA. And then we'll just have to rebuild whatever the shambles and pieces are left. That's the reality, folks. And they know it. That's why they're acting in this way. They are a dinosaur. NIL is the asteroid. We know how this ends. All right, uh, let's talk about Texas football because they got a commitment from big boy, big humans. Shout out. So we're talking about NIL. BMDs, shout out to the Pancake Factory. I know these recruiters are doing a damn good job. And uh, I love what Cal Flood's doing to Short Choice. is killing it on the recruiting trail. Uh, those guys are doing a damn good job. Uh, but let's not act like that Pancake Factory initiative. Uh, what's that? Longhorns with Heart, I believe, the Pancake Factory. That that's not helping. That these guys can get uh, 50 Gs. Uh, yeah. Per season as a scholarship offensive lineman. Um, so that is the uh, the latest that Texas does get a uh, commitment from a 2024 uh, offensive lineman. It is four-star Daniel Cruz. Um, he is from North Richland Hills. So they got another one. Um, and uh, this one, you know, once again, a huge human, big humans. <laughs> That's what uh, Kyle Flood has always been about, them big humans. And here's another one. Uh, so Daniel Cruz uh, chose Texas over Texas A&M. That's always big. Oklahoma, always big. Your two rivals, Ohio State. Damn. Now that's impressive. Ohio State. You know when they're coming, when they come to Texas, they usually come to Texas for the big dogs. They don't waste their time coming to Texas for you know just the uh, the guy who's trending or for the diamond in the rough. No, they come for the five stars and they come for the best of the best. So it's uh, really good that. Ohio State had him on their radar as well. Um, he is uh, described as a guy that either can be a you know nose tackle. Uh, I mean, sorry, an off- offensive lineman or nose tackle. Played both of those in high school, but Kyle Flood envisions him as a center. Reportedly here, uh, shout out to Inside Texas. They say that Kyle Flood looks at him as a center. So uh, that is also um, a position on the 40 acres that, you know, Texas wants to make sure that they have reinforcements. Center's one of those positions. You lose a center. I'm not saying Texas is going to obviously play this uh, young man coming until 2024, but it's always that type of position that you want to try to have stockpiled because not everybody can just play center. You can cross-train guys to play tackle, guard. It's really tough to cross-train guys to play tackle, guard, and center. So usually centers are pretty unique and specific. So uh, obviously this young man is one of the best. So there you go. Four-star Daniel Cruz uh, signing with Texas. Shout out. Pancake Factory.
It's a beautiful thing. Uh, and uh, we'll get back to some uh, NFL discussion here because I wanted to get to this, and I guess we could get to it later. We can table the uh, pro football focus ranking of the NFL secondaries. Uh, so I wanted to get to it. You know what? We still got enough time. We can get to that and talk some other NFLs. I want to get to the Dalvin Cook sound as well because finally uh, some of the NFL insiders are really um, making their opinion known about the Cowboys and whether they should pursue Dalvin Cook. So we'll get into that too coming up a little bit. But let's get into this pro football focus ranking of the secondaries in the NFL. That'll lead us to a conversation about the Dallas Cowboys because they're pretty high on this list and in this ranking. So uh, the number one secondary based on pro football focus rankings and their latest rankings, the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Not a surprise because uh, Sauce Gardner had the best season for a rookie DB since Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott made all-pro, first-team all-pro in 1981 as a rookie. And Sauce Gardner was the first defensive back to make first-team all-pro as a rookie since Ronnie Lott did it in 1981. You just don't see that happen. And was Ronnie Lott the second quarterback taken? Huh? Was he the second cornerback taken? Uh, I don't know. It's a good point. I don't remember when he was I'll taken. Take luck. I got luck. Oh, that Derek, I know, that Derek Stingley pick. Oh, he, he better be good. It's a big year for it's Derek Stingley. Big year. Big, say big year for him. And big year, well, for for a lot of reasons, it's a, a big year for Nick Casario. But that, that draft pick, people are going to be looking at it because people are saying right now that among, like basically Sauce Gardner. They're saying he's going to take a leap, a huge leap this year from year one to year two. I'm like, how do you take a huge leap when you were a first-team all-pro? But he was just a rookie. Um, they got DJ Reed, who's also a really good cornerback. They got two top-ten cornerbacks, honestly. honestly. Uh, and Jordan Whitehead at safety and Chuck Clark, they just signed at safety, too. They got Miami Dolphins. Remember, Vic Fangio's going to be there. So Vic Fangio uh, will have a lot of pieces to work with, especially in the secondary. They got Jalen Ramsey. Uh, and they got Xavier Howard, so they're loaded. And they got Deshaun Elliott, shout out, Lifetime Longhorn, and Javon Holland. So they, they're actually doing one of the better secondaries in the league. I like that uh, secondary, especially that Vic Fangio system in Miami, too. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles are also loaded. Forgot about them. Remember, they brought back their corners, Darius Slay and Bradbury. They lost one of their safeties. Um, but uh, they lost two safeties, actually. They lost C.J. Gardner and they lost Marcus Epps. But they uh, signed Terrell. They got Terrell Edmonds, and they have Reed Blankenship. Uh, may not be as sturdy and stable as C.J. Gardner Johnson because he was great. They got him from a trade from the Saints, I believe, and then he had like a Pro Bowl year. He was awesome for them. Uh, Denver Broncos, they have as a fourth-best secondary in the NFL. Patrick Sertain. At the cornerback position, uh, Kawan Williams they also have here uh, the cornerback and, uh, at position, and they had Justin Simmons. Oh, Kareem Jackson also. Think about Kareem Jackson. He's also a part of that secondary too. Remember, he came from the Texans and ended up having still a really good season uh, with the Broncos the last couple of years he's been there. So he's in that conversation. Baltimore, they got fifth. Uh, with their highest-ranked secondaries, Marlon Humphrey at cornerback, Brandon Stevens at cornerback, Rocky Sin at cornerback, and Marcus Williams. Remember, Kyle Hamilton's there, too, the uh, Notre Dame safety. And at sixth, got your Dallas Cowboys. Trevon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore at cornerback um, for the Cowboys. Uh, don't forget about Deron Bland. 
who's a guy that had five interceptions last year. And then you got J. Run Curse at safety, Malik Hooker at safety, Donovan Wilson also at that safety position too. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys, there's an argument to be made. I know they're at sixth on this list, and there's no you – know, no, I mean, that's still one of the better secondaries in the league. But you can make the claim that they are definitely a top-five secondary. And even based on pro football focus rankings, because they – and on their individual rankings for cornerback, they had – the Cowboys cornerbacks at six and eight, Stefan Gilmore and Trevon Diggs at six and eight. They had a, a safety ranking where they ranked all three Cowboys safeties, Donovan Wilson, Malik Cooker, and Jaron Curse, all in the top 30 safeties in the league. And honestly, if you're looking at Deron Bland, I'll give you a Deron Bland stat real quick. He ranked 10th in passer rating allowed last season. That's by Pro Football Focus. I went to look at Sports Info Solutions. They got him with the third best passer rating allowed last season with 81 among the 44 cornerbacks who played at least 110 cover snaps in the slot. Also, um, you go look at his just overall raw numbers, 44 receptions allowed on 59 targets, 398 yards uh, allowed, but 208 yak yards allowed, three touchdowns allowed, but four, but five interceptions and two PBUs, made more plays than he allowed. Remember, that's my rule. And he actually played a huge role in why Dallas could play a lot of dime. Dallas plays a lot of dime. They probably played the, they probably played the fifth most dime cover snaps in the NFL. That's when you play six DBs. Usually they do it with three safeties um, because they use those three safeties about 40% of the time. They're throwing out three safety packs, which are big nickel and big dime. Uh, last season in dime coverage, the Cowboys ranked first in both opposing QBR and in expected points allowed per play. So they're really good when they go dime, and you're going to see more of that this year because that secondary is loaded. Remember, don't forget about Jordan Lewis. I'm talking about Duran Bland and the three safeties and the two corners. That gives you six starting DBs right there to put your dime together, and we forget about Jordan Lewis who got hurt last year. He was injured, and he's one of the best slots. So you got two slot defenders who are among the best in the NFL, and Deron Bland and Jordan Lewis, two of the best corners in the league, two top ten corners, and the best and deepest safety trio, arguably, in the NFL. I would have them a little higher, and I'm not just looking at it through Cowboys' shaded glasses. In 2021, Jordan Lewis, how about these numbers? He had a 74-and-a-half passer rating allowed in, uh, in 2021. And in, in games where he was targeted double-digit times, where teams were basically picking on him, he had two of those games in 2021, got interceptions in both of the games. They're going to pick on you, make them pay. And he was injured last season. I think he's going to come back and have a hell of a year because it's a contract year for him, I believe. I believe he's trying to get a deal. So he's going. So you got seven DBs at this count. you got two slot defenders, two starting corners, and three starting caliber safeties. Who else has got seven DBs they confident can start? form right now yeah well I mean that's big though because I mean last year we saw that there was some massive holes yes in that secondary at points and they couldn't find an answer so it's big to try and get as much depth as you can because you know injuries are part of the game in football that's true you're right they did that and a lot of guys got hurt they couldn't feel that spot opposite Trevon Diggs with consistency um so they really kind of went through a lot of different DBs Trying to figure it out. I believe last year was Anthony Brown got hurt to Patrick's point. You put 
Kelvin Joseph out there, couldn't cut the mustard. Nation Wright, I forget about Kelvin Joseph still with him. Nation Wright, who he's tried it. C.J. Godwin tried it. Uh, remember, you threw out Trayvon Mullen out there. He tried it. Mackenzie Alexander tried it. You could not figure out that cornerback spot opposite Trayvon Diggs. And I'm glad they prioritized it in the transfer portal and, and went and got it done that way because that was one of the biggest weaknesses on the defense. That and their their rush defense right up the kind of central nervous system of the defense. They drafted Mozzie Smith and they re-signed Leighton Vander Esch. I don't know if the Cowboys defense has a easy to easily identifiable weakness. I'm sure there'll be one. I mean, they're not perfect. But, man, they're sound as any top five defense right now in the league. Like I said, I will take this secondary over a lot of secondaries. Uh, honestly, I would put it, in my opinion, I would probably put it top five. I know they were six. I'd probably put it top three. I love the Cowboys secondary. I think it's. I think yeah. it's, it's I, great. I think. I think. Yeah, bringing Gilmore gives you a little bit more depth too. That's just what I really like is having the options of the depth that you can put in there, knowing that it's a long season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Knowing that instead of going, yep. hey, we like our guys. Like you can like your guys. It's not enough. Yep. And speaking of, um, they spoke to Dan Quinn, and he apparently raved about Eric Scott, the sixth round DB that they drafted. Nice. He really likes him. And we didn't even get into uh, Mukuyamu. Remember, they, they think he's basically a J-Run curse starter kid. They're deep in that secondary, and Dan Quinn is maximizing that talent really well. And you know what? I Just my opinion. We'll get into this to kind of end this segment. Oh, let me give you the Texans first before we dive into the end segment. People, I would say also Ronnie Lott, first cornerback taken the draft. Oh, was he? What, it was uh, pick what? eight. Okay. Well, so pick eight, yeah, but, yeah. First, but first defensive back take. Yeah, well, there you go. It it, it, it it was the correct pick. It was the correct pick. He exceeded expectations, which is hard to do at the number eight pick. Yes. Um, okay. The Texans, get to their secondary really quickly. Uh, speaking of high picks in the secondary, the Texans' Derek Stingley is expected to have a huge bounce back year. Um, and they have, uh, I'll give you what they have the Texans here, but they have the Texans' 28th. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr., of course, Steven Nelson at cornerback, Desmond King uh, the second, Jalen Petrie, who I love. I actually really like the Texans' two safeties. Now, Jimmy Ward, they use him because the, the San Francisco 49ers used him as a safety and a nickelback. They played a lot of three safeties, too. Matter of fact, the Patriots led the NFL in three safety snaps with uh, playing three safeties uh, on the field, and the 49ers were second. Made sense because they had uh, two – Telanoa Hufanga, he's an all-pro. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson had a really good year as a uh, veteran player, and they had Jimmy Ward. So they just played, you know, their better players. And Jimmy Ward also played the slot. Now, he wasn't great in the slot. He wants to play nickel. Um, and I believe the 49ers wanted him to play more safety instead of nickel. Remember I read the comment that Shano told him? He, t- he said this too, by the way, when he got signed by the Texans. He said he went to Shano about playing nickel. And basically Kyle Shanahan told him, you want to play, right? You want to play? Play some safety. Because that nickel, well, we may find somebody can play nickel better than you play nickel. Basically, that was kind of what he was hinting. Yeah. And it makes sense. In the slot last year, he gave up 65 receptions on 80 targets. And the opposing passer rating when he was in the slot as a nickel, 91 opposing passer rating allowed. Had two touchdowns allowed, two interceptions, seven PBUs. So he made more plays than he gave up, but ugh, I think I'd rather have him at safety too, but we'll see. Also with the Texans, Jalen Petrie is a, is a man. He's a beast. 17 starts last year, 147 tackles, 
five interceptions. He is a playmaker. Had a no, got a nose for the football. So Jalen Petrie's going to being a pro bowler. Honestly, he might be a pro bowler. I think he'll be a pro bowler before his first contract is up. He might be one next year. Derek Stingley got a bounce back. Last great year Derek Stingley had was when LSU beat Texas. That's legit. That's real. That's what he's, he got drafted off of that one year as a true freshman. Um, and it was a hell of a year <laughs> as a true freshman. Uh, but last year, 35 tackles, five PBUs, one interception, one sack, and he allowed just one single touchdown. So it wasn't a bad year, but he had the hamstring injury, and then he had to come back from that. That ended the season. Um, so he's got to bounce back and have a good year. But one thing I found, this is not really a compliment for the Texans. They did have more interceptions than touchdowns allowed. That's just because they had one of the worst, if not the worst, rushing defense in the league. So teams didn't throw on them because they didn't have to. They just ran down their freaking throat. Uh, but their secondary does have some playmaking ability. Remember, they were top 10 in 2021 in takeaways in the NFL. That defense can take the football away. Um, so I text since they got me at 28. Maybe they could be a little bit higher. All depends on how Derek Stingley plays. And don't forget this name here. Remember this name, Tavier Thomas. Remember, for a te- if you're a Texans fan, he signed in 2021 to a two-year deal because he's signing all these two-year short mercenary deals. Um, he allowed in the slot 24 receptions on 36 targets in 2021. He had two interceptions, two touchdowns allowed. He had a 73 pass rating allowed. He was one of the better coverage defenders in the NFL. Now, he got hurt in 2022. That basically uh, took, a, took away half of his uh, season last year. But how about this? He had a 50 when he did play, about seven games. He had a 59 opposing passer rating when he played in 2022. He's one of the better coverage slot defenders out there. He's going to play a lot more for the Texans next season, too. So throwing that out there. All right, that's the, uh, the ranking of the secondaries in the uh, NFL. We'll come back. We'll talk Astros. We'll, Astros. we'll talk Rangers. And we'll also talk about Shohei Otani, who's right now must-watch television. All that more right here on Ball Don't Now. Wonderful down the horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. The Flex crew is in the house. Got my man Zach Lucero, uh, Nolan Seed uh, there as well. So uh, they're going to be uh, carrying the uh, the Flex program tonight. Looking forward to that. Always. Actually, it's the last one of this season, too. And then, of course, they'll come back uh, for their next season of the Flex. But last one of this season, so it should be a great program. Also, uh, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick, the idillionaire, takes jams that reached the uh, basically jams from a soundtrack that inspired him. And based on these selections that are played, uh, we're supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the feature film of midweek movie music. And it was Do the Right Thing today. So shout out to my man Patrick for getting that one. Also, Patrick was observing the NHL draft, which is on right now. And uh, your observations about the NHL draft. It is. It's. I. Very, I don't think I've ever watched an NHL draft, or this may be a new way either. they do it. No, but I did not realize that all the teams just are on the floor. So instead of like a green room and then like the NBA draft, they have no war room. They, this, yeah, they're yeah. all just sitting there next to each other, In, which feels that, like you'd hear what the other guys are talking about. It's like big. It's like being at a benefit, and these tables of like fifteen people each. Yeah, and every every team has thirty two teams. Thirty two teams. Like they all have a big table, and then the guys are all up in the stands. 
and then they get picked, and then they go hug 48 people in a row. Yeah, he's a, right now, William Smith is hug. Yeah, he's going through the whole crew. They're like a whole row. It's like they seven, see a whole row. This is the seventh person he gets some love, gets some love yeah, to. Eighth. eighth. <laughs> Ninth. <laughs> Everybody gets the same yeah, answer. Well, we're, we're in double digits. And then, so this ain't even done, though, because he's not on the floor. He's in the stands. No, he's still in the stands. And, you, and then, oh, got to say, has some other people. Oh, All right. yeah. And they, 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 they let you just give love to everybody you want to give love to. It's yeah. your moment. You got your moment. Still saying, still going. And, and then, so they're all wearing suits. And then I believe they take off the suit jacket and hand it to somebody. They are. He's taking off the suit jacket. He's got, oh, yeah. Oh, man, that's, that's pretty slick. He's got a. Uh, and they have like a handler that takes their suit jacket so they can go put on the jersey wow. when they get down there. But then he has walked all this way over there. Oh, they got like, it's not even, yeah, they do have like a runway though. That he walks on like a runway yeah. after you get out of stance, like a runway. Then he goes all the way down, still walking. This is just like time wise, this seems crazy to me. It, it started at six, you said, right? Yeah. They're on, this is pick four. This is pick four. We're 40 minutes in. It is just 10 minutes a pick. Whew. Easy. Yeah, and that's, I don't know how they did and it. And then, so then you get the picture, that photo op with the commissioner, I believe that is. And then you go meet the entire staff because who makes the pick? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's ten guys on stage ready to meet him right now. That are, that he, all for the team. That you know he's what? About this, to go is, with. this is more like the award shows. It is. Where they hope, like, the, everybody who made the movie come on stage. <laughs> and then, like, they, they have a kid that brings the jersey up for them to put on and. Wow, the NHL they their their draft is unique. It stands out. It's not like the other drafts. It does, and all these uh, players look somewhat similar. I don't know what it is about all these players <laughs> that all have enough money to to play hockey. That is, I've never watched the NHL draft before. There you go. Yeah, I never. It was throwing me off when I looked up because I'm like, this is not how any other draft in, My in man, major sports. Matt goes. Butler says it sounds like the Price is Right. <laughs> Come is, on now. There's a little bit of it in yeah. there. No doubt. That is wild. Okay. I, um, it's also weird because they're literally saying the picks instead of saying with the number four pick, the San Jose Sharks take William Smith. They say we. They they go with the number four pick, we're taking Yeah. Like that, we're that proud to take or whatever they say. So their commissioner doesn't have a huge ego about I announced well, these no, damn No, apparently picks. these teams have huge egos because they're bringing 12 guys on stage. I wonder what the history of the NHL draft was and when that started if it's always been it the case. It seems like it should be more about the players than like, hey, well, here's our head of scouting. I know. Are they whispering on the floor? Or are they speaking? You can't. How big is that table? Was saying, you want to talk about saying like, hey, Jim. Jim, what are your thoughts about this kid coming up? Hey, Jim, you want to <laughs> <you wanna, laughs> screw over the Canadians? Exactly. I get, maybe they just text. It's probably a lot of texting yeah, going text, on. Like they're on a the laptop yeah, and they, stuff. Oh, yeah, it's probably like, probably like in a group chat or something. They just kind of text each other. I don't know. That is wow. There you go. Fascinating. There you go. Then I never watched the uh, NHL draft, but uh, might need to uh, throw out some of the astute observations. My yeah, I mean, if we'll watch it for the rest of the night, by midnight, they should be like the 12th pick. No, I really want to know if they continue on this pace because we're at 10 minutes to pick now, and they don't pick five. It's six, so, yeah. almost 6.45. It's 6.45, and now they say the clock is going. They got two minutes left, basically, for the next pick. But then the celebration after the pick is eight minutes. Oh, yeah. No, nah, they, they, they give love to the whole crew. The whole crew, baby. Everybody gets some. Hey, you know what? It's their moment. They are trying. But you know what? They're not trying to speed this up. You can tell that the NHL believes like, hey, man, this is our moment. Ain't no sports going on. <laughs> Ain't no NHL. What, you know? what are you missing? Cornhole? Exactly. Yeah. NBA, NFL, you know, Major League Baseball. Okay, they compete, but that's about it. They don't have that much competition. So they're like, you know what? This is our moment. We're going to relish in it. Oh. So good for them. Come on. Why do you, why do you got to do this? Like NHL just always trying to cop on the NBA. Do all the same, take all our same dates. Yeah, but they're not really a, 
you know, I know, but they keep doing it. It's hey, they got I, they can't do it to the NFL. Nobody can compete with it, them. It tells you how how just not into hockey I am. You that mu- that I didn't had no clue the draft was today. No, and you that's a good point too. And you have to try to steal somebody else's spot on a sports calendar because the NFL is basically infiltrating everybody else's sports calendar uh, time schedule, or at least their months on the sports calendar because. They try to take the NBA's Christmas holidays, and as they try to take your holidays, you got to take somebody else's holidays. Yeah. That's just kind of how it works, trying to compete on the sports calendar. All right, uh, before we go to break here, uh, the Astros did lose. Astros uh, right now, I believe, third in that division. Third in that division. They're behind. Uh, the I Angels. believe all of them are playing again today, though. I believe you are correct about that. Jose Altuve back in the lineup today. That is, they uh, need back that. from his bruised heel, so that is a big one. They take on the Cardinals uh, here in just a few minutes. They need that bad. Uh, Rangers did win, bounced back uh, really well versus the Detroit Tigers. Tigers are not a good team, so the Rangers, I think they were distracted yesterday. Yesterday, and now that they're focused, I think they're distracted because the All-Star break's coming up. Last home stand for the All-Star break, uh, uh, first game versus Detroit, and they got the Astros. Go Strolls! Coming up, a rival in that division, and they have the lead. This is not usually, at least since 2016, you know, it hadn't been the Rangers leading the division and the Astros in third. So this is a real kind of prove-it series for the Rangers, even though they've obviously proven themselves so far this season. Yeah. But in terms of this division... Uh, that maybe there's a change of the guard happening. Like, no, 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 no. The Rangers, maybe we're running this thing now in the division. Sorry, Astros. You might have waited your turn. Um, so for the for them, you know, maybe uh, this is a huge series. They were looking forward to that, which is why they were overlooking the Tigers, which is understandable. We'll get your uh, pitchers tonight. Astros have Christian Javier, who is 7-1 on the season. Yeah. Uh, Dane Dunning for the uh, Rangers. He is 6-1 on the season. So a good matchup for them as well. And then the Angels have uh, Jaime Berea. Who is two and two? So well, maybe maybe you'll get a loss over there. I thought Fran Valdez on the mound last night. I was like, oh, that's money. He's well. That's the thing. The Astros starting pitchers have been pretty good. It's that bullpen that's been giving up a lot of these games. But yeah. I, but Fromber did give up the game. He gave he, up all four yeah, runs. He but. had an off game, and I, he's he's been magnificent. But he's had an off game last game. Uh, real quick, somebody who's been on before we go to break here is Shohei. We have, we must acknowledge Shohei again. Last game, six innings pitched. One earned run allowed, 10 strikeouts. He had three hits at the plate, two home runs, two RBIs. As a hitter this season now, he is averaging 304 at the plate with a 1.040 OPS. As a pitcher, 180 opposing batting average, 600 opposing OPS. In the month of June, 13 home runs and 37 Ks. First player with 35-plus Ks and at least 10 home runs in a month. Only one player has had a 10-home run month and a 35 and or a 35K month at any point in their careers, let alone the same month, and that guy was Babe Ruth. Last little factoid for you, and this is another mind-blowing one about Shohei. On days he's pitches, he's even better as a hitter. He's batting 407 on days he pitches. 1.280 OPS. That's the highest OPS by a player in games that they pitch since 1901, and the second highest batting average by a player who pitches since 1901. Uh, the first one was, uh, at least in the first place, Walter Johnson. He batted 440 when he used to pitch. That was in 1925. He is currently leading the majors in home runs, total bases, RBIs, extra base hits, OPS, and he lowered his ERA to 2.97. Man, Shohei is doing stuff we just have not seen. He, there's no player, no athlete that is better right now at their sport, in my opinion, than Shohei. Nobody. No. no. Not value to a franchise. No. Not even close. No.
not, not even close. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up. Put it in the oven. Let you know what's on tap right here on Ball Don't Lie. One four nine horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh yeah, I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion. Sir, I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <sighs> Pop a top again. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com and you can catch up with them on the podcast page. Uh, we got the Flex coming up next with the Wednesday Night Flex crew. Zach Lucero, Nolan Hogan, the Seed, uh, also getting ready to uh, entertain you with all their knowledge about high school sports. In the area. Cameron's here doing his oh, Cameron here too? six hour of radio today. Nice. I ain't, I ain't seen hard. Cameron, so I shout out to Cameron. Hey, he's, try, he's trying to get some rest. You know, he's doing like the tower that he's doing Chad and Zay, filling in for Zay. And that's what I, this is what I like about Cameron. He wants the reps. He wants, like, yeah. reps. He's like, no, I'll take the reps. I'll, I'll do eight hours of radio in one day because I want the reps. Love uh, uh, people like that. It's all about the work ethic, and Cam's got great work ethic. So uh, the crew, the Wednesday Night Flex crew, uh, will be here for you. Shout out to female listener number one. Love this text. I'm super excited. Somebody just gave away a brand new Horn FM hat, and I just picked it up, and now I need somebody to embroider female listener number one on it. <laughs> oh, you know what? Female listener number one, I know a guy. I know a guy. We you got, got an embroidery guy? I think I know somebody that can hook hook that up. You, you know a, what I mean? So I, I guarantee you know I, Harge knows somebody. Harge definitely knows somebody. He knows every damn Harge, guy. Harge has an embroidery guy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Chan says, Rod, I'm still unclear what the ramifications are when your card gets suspended. My black card. No, black card is done. I did not correctly guess. Uh, do the right thing as the midweek movie music. Uh, I'm sorry, the midweek featured film for midweek movie music. And yeah, so a, a week of suspension. So I'll have it back next week when I talk to y'all. Yeah, I don't know what movie's next week. Let's figure yeah, it out. And it, this is Patrick's fault because I like I got it suspended the first time because of Undercover Brother. Now do the right thing. So hopefully he's running out of black movies to challenge me with because <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not performing well. All right, what's on tap for you, Patrick? Uh, you know what? I'm going to try and watch some of the Astros game. Ooh, go Astros. Watch them uh, Astros. That's right. Uh, I'm finishing up The Bear on uh, Amazon. Not Amazon. It's on Hulu, actually. Good show. I like it way better than the first season. Second season is pretty intense. Good stuff. Uh, if you're looking for something to watch, that's it. Flex coming up next, so don't go anywhere. Remember, the Rebels are going to be televised. We're talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. More importantly, take care of each other. Peace.